Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We are in Acts chapter 27, uh, so the penultimate chapter of of Acts, and this is where uh, Paul is shipwrecked. Uh, Remember, he is leaving Israel, heading towards Rome. He's appealed to Caesar, and and now he is making his way there. So he's uh, put on a boat with other prisoners, and they are going to be taken to Rome. But it isn't long before... Uh, they run in, into some problems. I want to read the first three verses, mostly because I want you to see the details. I've tried to show this uh, throughout the book uh, as often as I could, um, that whenever Luke is with Paul, and Luke is part of the story, the details climb uh, incredibly. In fact, um, if, if Luke wasn't here, uh, this chapter would probably be half the length uh, that it is. But because he, he's here... The details are uh, quite incredible. Um, uh, So, verse 1. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adramidium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. Now, that's a lot of detail. We don't need. Uh, we don't need the name of, really, Julius. Uh, um, I mean, he, he'll play a small role in the chapter, but we don't need the name. We don't need the name of, of the ship. We don't need the name of of who else is accompanying him. We, we don't need a lot of these, these details. But Luke gives them to us because it's based off of first-person um, experience. And I always point that out to say that what you have, particularly in the uh, narratives of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, uh, are eyewitness testimonies. And often the biblical writers will identify for us those eyewitnesses. Well, I want to skip down to verse 9. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out the sea from there, on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Now, one of the things that is striking about this narrative is, remember, Paul is a prisoner, and he's not done anything wrong. He's a prisoner, and yet he graciously treats everyone on board with respect. Uh, He he doesn't play the victim card. Uh, He he isn't complaining all the time. Rather, what he's doing is he's seeing that God has him where he is right here at this moment, and his calling is hasn't changed. Um, So although victims today may do um, an interview with Oprah, Paul here, a genuine victim, uh, is is showing us what real leadership as a Christian looks like. Um, He he submits to their authority and their their wisdom, but at the same time, he wants to encourage them uh, to, to do the right thing. Well, from there, what Paul warned them about happens. And so uh, we see in verse 14, soon a, temper, a temptuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. So here you have Luke, 
accompany Paul. Luke isn't Luke isn't a prisoner. He's not in chains. He's he's just here to hang out with Paul. And now he's caught up in this storm. And what's fascinating about all the details about this ship, about this trip, about uh, the storm, all this, uh, are consistent with everything we know about um, about all of this. Uh, clearly, this is uh, a, a reliable source and a reliable narrative. So here they are. They, they are um, in the middle of a storm. Now, this is there's a lot of parallels with this in, in, in the Gospels, right? When the disciples are in the storm, there Jesus calms it. Paul... Paul doesn't do that here. Uh, you know, Jesus isn't there to, to calm it. Rather, Paul must suffer through this storm. So verse 18, Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. Every movie does this, right? Uh, if you have to choose between all the cargo and your lives, you choose your lives. We, we get this. On the third day, <laughs> they're, they're doing all of this. Three days in the middle of the storm. I mean, I... I I, 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 just, I just can't fathom some of this. They threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. And so I, I think we would all be right there, right? And this is turning to uh, the movie Castaway here. So verse 21, they were without food for a long time. So Paul stands up and speaks. Uh, if you're interested in more of this, um, John MacArthur's book on leadership um, zero, zeroes in on this story in a fascinating way as a model for leadership. It's it's, it's interesting uh, take on it. But notice what, what Paul says here. Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. You know, I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. Behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. So, so notice he 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 was leading earlier and warning them, hey, look, look, evidence is suggesting this, this wouldn't be a wise course. And then when they don't listen to him, in the midst of the crisis, what is Paul doing? He's essentially encouraging them. Take courage. Everything's going to be okay. We'll make it through the end. Sure, there'll be hard decisions and difficult moments. It's not going to be easy, but be encouraged. We will make it through the end, right? This is how faith um, guides us in leadership, um, and uh, Paul is a real model here. Um, he's, he's still preaching right in the middle of a storm. He's, he's still preaching. Incredible. So verse 27, I just want to read the first few words. When the 14th night had come, <laughs> 14 nights at sea. Uh, that, that is incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible how long they have suffered and uh, I'm not a sea guy. I'm, I'm not a boat guy because I've been out on boats, fishing on boats and stuff. But um, I'm not one that's eager to go on a cruise or to, eager to sail across. Uh, that's, that's not my cup of tea. So I can't imagine two weeks um, here. Verse 33, skip down, says, As day was about the dawn, Paul urged them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. When he had said these things, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. 
then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were all, in all, 276 persons in the ship. When they had eaten enough, they lightened the, sh the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. It's incredible. It really is incredible. Um, but what is Paul's breaking bread? Uh, he's, he's, this, is, this is almost describing a worship service to him. Even abandoned at sea, um, he will lift the name of Christ. Amazing. I mean, that, that, that should change the way we approach a lot of suffering in life. Go down to verse 42. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners. Uh, so, so, so they've landed, right? And now what do you do? You, you, you're you supposed to bring these prisoners. Um, now, no one's going to cry if all the prisoners died in a shipwreck. That's all you got to say. Look, they all died in a shipwreck. Um, but, but the other question is, is how do you get off the boat? How do you swim across? You know, how do you do all this sort of stuff? And, and the prisoners not escape. Losing the prisoners who escape is a bigger issue than losing the prisoners because you had to kill them. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that is Roman culture at this time. And so they, they say, look, we've we finally landed. They've landed on Crete. You can still go there today. And um, uh, they, uh, you know, what do you do with these prisoners? Um, so the plan is they're, they're going to kill them. And that would include Paul. Verse 23, but the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to the land. This is similar. I don't know if it's purposeful or not. To um, Paul makes the prediction, no one's going to be hurt, we're all going to make it safely, and no one's going to die. It's, it's similar to the prediction that, um, that, that Jesus... Bones wouldn't be broken, right? That, that prophecy. And so when they, they go to, they break break the bones of the thieves, but they come to Jesus realize he's already dead. Uh, I, I think there's similarities. I don't think it's purposeful parallel. That's just fascinating to, to me to notice those things. But what you have here is God brought Paul through uh, great suffering. Uh, two weeks of, of being lost at sea in a great tempest. Uh, yet God brought him through it. And Paul's attitude throughout it all. He was engaging, he was encouraging, he was leading. And he did so from a foundation of faith. This is why faith matters. Is that faith alone will get you through moments like this and, and to suffer well. Well, Lord willing, tomorrow we will finish the book of Acts and then we'll be able to finish the first half of Hebrews and then we're done. So by the, by the end of this month, if not before, we will be completely done with every chapter in the New Testament. Hope to see you guys tomorrow.